What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. Because the Warhorse, well, fucked until he breathes his last breath. I got the whole damn world in my hands. Your arms are just too short to box with God. You just made the list! But the man is back. Daddy's home. Ricky ain't about just taking titles. I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to Villain Enterprises! WrestleManiacs, welcome back to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's Journey into Wrestling Season 5, Episode 9. I am your host, Nate. Today, joining me as always, he is the guy in my corner. And I tell you guys what, I'm an Alex Buckles guy. Welcome back to the show once again. The man himself, Buckles. How's it going, bro? Dude, 2020 is weird. Impact TV is uh, appointment view, appointment viewing for a change, and everybody in the wrestling world talks about it. 2020 has jumped the shark. 2020 yeah. is the shark, my brother. 2020 is the shark with the freaking laser beam attached to its head. 100% on that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's. I'm doing all right. It's been a uh, crazy few days for me. Um been to a canine emergency room and back <laughs> we're, we're we're going places here in the world that's so weird man i'm so sorry that that happened with you guys and that whole situation uh i will say really quick before we get well you... well let, let viewers know dog's fine she's okay <laughs> true the dog is fine abby's doing great but i guess that is a little bit of a swerve when you when you make it yeah, sound just, so when you, when you when you when you start the phrase well i'm sorry that had to happen hey. anyway <laughs> <laughs> we're live pal it's it's happening how it's happening i tell you uh if you're watching this show on facebook you're like oh my god the lag is fucking unreal and i'm just cursing to be real about it but like it's awful and i'm really not happy with how bad the lag is right now on my end so it's it's okay on my end it's it's really okay on mine so let's let's just hope that that's what we're seeing okay well yeah let's i don't know i i don't I don't know the technology gods like you do. So I, when, uh, when the computer breaks down, I have to set things on fire and pray for mercy. So I, I, I don't really know how to fix things. <laughs> well, I guess it's one of those interesting things where I worked really, really hard. Buckles knows us off the air and like behind the scenes. I worked really, really, really hard to get the show to look as good as it's going to for this episode, at least aesthetically speaking, not necessarily the 
the stream itself speaking because of course the there has in. to be something you put the effort in i did i figured a way around the problem and then in finding a way around the problem i solved the problem in its own in separate entity so i did all that extra work technically for nothing but i'm happier with the turnout and the way things look now so um if you're watching this live this is my vision for what our show is going to look like we've got some cool things planned we are nine episodes away from episode 100 just want to throw that out there and that's a crazy startling number through five seasons of the show we've amassed several 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 um episodes under our belt and we are ticking the counter down to that amazing 18th episode where we will be shifting gears and now becoming instead of a seasonal based episode show We'll just be fully episodic and continue that number like we're the god dang comic books, my brother. Mm -hmm. Comic books are on the brain tonight, dude. Let's so, let's get into it. So that means at some point, at some point, do we have to have like a secret double zero episode, like a negative one episode? Uh, we'll have a point five episode. Okay, that's like one of those situations you where, go. you know what? Though, hold on, let's talk about this because technically that kind of exists. <laughs> because last year we did. Uh, no, I'm. We didn't right. know last year we did that full gear like the run in, which was not a technical number. It was, was a one not, shot. That's a one shot. It was a, That's one, a one shot. shot. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So so yeah, I think uh we could totally play around with I love the comic book, like because we're obviously on Journey into Comics Network. So to have the comic crossover and the funniness of it, that's that's actually one thing that just kind of lead into. We have a lot to talk about tonight. We got to kind of go in order a little bit because there are some headlines and stuff and kind of things that happen. But right. let me just ask you. We were told winter is coming. We were told weeks ago a monumental shift in the face of professional wrestling is coming. We were told all of these things. And then I was a little schoolgirl jumping up and down on the very large <laughs> coffee table ottoman thing we have, screaming at the top of my lungs because we had one of the craziest moments in the past 25 years in wrestling history, genuinely, in my opinion. So I don't know exactly where you want to start because there is a lot to unpack. But well, this is me volleying to buckles. I think, no, I think you're right. I they they gave us the tagline of winter is coming and really not only did it, did it arrive it made a big mess everywhere but they're still um, cleaning the goo up yeah i i will obviously we're alluding to the sting thing that's that's where we're getting at and i i'm gonna just go ahead and put myself out for the wrestling world to criticize because you and i had pretty diametrically opposed reactions Oh, absolutely. Whereas you were jumping up and down and having the schoolgirl moment that legitimately we should have had. Everybody, everybody should have. And I am kind of kicking myself for not having. However, I'll, I'll be completely 100% honest with you. When they started, you know, they dimmed the lights and they started showing the video. And I thought to myself, literally, I had the thought process of, oh, don't be sting. Please don't be sting. Don't, don't, don't be sting. Please don't. No. I think that's what you texted and me, actually. Yeah, that's that is exactly what happened, and I'll be honest about it. And I kind of, I kind of, I'm mad at myself for feeling that way because I, the reaction of, of fangirling over and losing your mind, especially at listening to uh, to the announcements, to listen to Jr. and listen to uh, Giovanni 
screaming, it's Sting. It, it's huge. It's a massive thing. It's, it's nostalgia. It's, it's everything. He it's was so everything. marking out about it. I am just so much of a cynic that my first thought is, I don't want to see him wrestle. I don't want to see him wrestle. I don't want to see him wrestle. I don't want to see him get hurt. Well, And I'm so into this. Even now, I am terrified that, the you know, honestly, the first thing that I thought of wasn't Shivani, wasn't JR. It was you and a conversation that we'd had previously, not the night before. Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, yeah. Darby Allen. We've talked about it on the show before. Protecting they, others from themselves. You have to protect others from themselves. And for those of you who haven't, who, who have sworn off WWE for various and sundry reasons, the last that we saw Sting in a ring was when he was nearly killed in the ring by Seth Rollins in a buckle bomb. Spinal stenosis. The guy's 60, 60 and has spinal stenosis. I love Sting. Don't get it twisted. I am extremely happy to see him anywhere near wrestling. There's a ton he can do for AEW. I do not want to see him in a match. I don't care how safe it is. I don't care how gimmicked it is. I don't want to see him in a match. And that was the first thing I thought of. And that kind of just killed that moment for me dead. And I hate it. I hate it. Took took the moment <laughs> away for you. Let me say this, though, and, and this I think is important to, to discuss a little bit is you know, you are very correct about his injury, spinal stenosis, spinal degradation. I actually can talk from a very personal perspective because those exact two diagnoses are what my dad has. Spinal stenosis, spinal degradation. He's 60 years old. Okay, now granted, my dad is not in staying shape. And it's it's been a time since he's been in staying shape. But... I there's a, there's reason to think there's been a good while since Sting has been in Sting shape. Fair, fair point, <laughs> very fair point. But I know what that does to a person, and I know how it affects you, and I know the I, twofold. I know the pain that you suffer and how bad it gets when it's peaking and at its worst. And I can only imagine what Sting actually felt like when the buckle bomb happened and he realized what had happened. But I have also watched my 60-year-old father be determined and say, fuck letting this thing beat me. I have to beat it or it will put me in a coffin. And saying, saying, look, inactivity, inaction is, is death. And I've seen him work harder, and he drums literally four hours a day now. Right. Every day just to keep himself in in better physical shape, just to prove to himself that he's not going to go down to this thing. So I understand the will and the drive of Sting. I am interested. I will say I flashed it up there a minute ago for the viewers. I'll do it again here. Sting is all elite. He did sign a multi-year wrestling-based contract. I need that to be known. That's what frightens me. Who knows what that means, but it could mean interesting things for sure. Like, all, and all credit in the world to your dad. Absolutely. All credit in the world. And uh, I love it. And there's precedent that we saw earlier this year. Edge came back with the same diagnosis, and no one thought he'd ever come back. Exactly. Edge is also 20 years younger. I think 20 years younger. He's 40. Yeah, also true. <laughs> so, I, I don't know, man. Like, 
I'm excited to see him in AEW. There's a ton of great possibilities that we can get to here in a moment that are all the good in the world that he'll bring to AEW. But the moment that he says he's in a match, I'm getting gray hair. Because I'm going to be watching every bump. Okay, did he move all right? Did he take it all right? I'm not watching the match. I'm not watching what's going on. I'm not invested in the story. I'm watching, is he breathing? Is he moving? And I'm gonna, I, I, I can't not. I, that's just me. Um, and it, it concerns me a little bit. And again, we talked about AEW doesn't have, at this point, an established great track record of keeping its people safe from themselves. That is very true. So the argument that I made last week about not wanting Jeff to go to AEW, same applies to Sting. You literally could copy and paste Sting's name into there mm-hmm. because, I mean. Now, again, if again if he doesn't get in the match, then this is all out the window. If he's only there to, you know, we get a scorpion death lock here or there. We get a, a you know, a, a scorpion death drop every now and then to somebody who's not fighting back. Fine. Totally fine. Sure. But if the next thing I hear is that he's got a match with Darby Allen, he's got a match with Cody, he's got a match with anybody. Cody's one of the very few I could see happening just for the fact that they'll shenanigan the hell out of it. But even so, he's still got to take bumps. And that's not something that I, I had any interest in seeing. I hate to stand that. Okay, so let me ask you this question. Let me just throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Let's say, just for the sake of saying it, that we, through storyline or otherwise, wind up with a Cody v. Sting match, okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe a revolution. Who knows? Maybe that'd be a big moment to have Sting actually debut in pay-per-view form there for his first match back. What if Sting came out just looking like four million bucks? Better than Taker looked in his comeback, better than Sting has ever looked, just completely on another level. You can look like a million bucks and still take a spine shot. I, I, I totally understand. Your pet your 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 pecs are not the core of your central nervous system. That's true. That's <laughs> as simple as that, man. Daniel Bryan looks like a million bucks. And for the longest time, we didn't know what was, if he was ever going to walk again, you know, that's fair edge edge was in the prime of his career and was told that if he took one more shot to the neck, he could die. And again, same thing. Mm. So I, I, it's going to take a lot of convincing to get me to buy into staying in a match. Again, Cody, I can, Cody, I can see just for the fact that they'll shenanigan the living shit out of it. He does anyway, but anything that's going to involve him taking bumps is going to scare the hell out of me. But sure, I, I don't want to dwell on the negative though. I really don't because I did that enough myself. I will say we there should we still, should quickly. Uh, I was just going to say we should quickly like preface how Sting debuted, and I need to say that I I I had an interesting moment before he came out too. Because I'm just like in my own world, me and Ollie, where I think we might have been play wrestling or something. We were hanging out because I was, you know, we were really into it or whatever. And it, you know, it starts doing this like winter is coming thing, and I start to see the snow. And I, honest to God, for a second, I was like, they did not bring Glacier back. Like they brought, they brought Gangrel. Why are they bringing Glacier in? You know, there's a connection here. <laughs> They have a connection. They have the means to bring back Glacier because you know who did bring back Glacier? Who? It was Joey Janela, the clusterfuck. Oh. <laughs> Joey Joey brought him back. <laughs> so there, there's precedent here. 
Yeah. Now, I, I'm more, I'm more kind of shocked at myself that I didn't see that the winter is coming thing. Why, how did I miss that? How do you miss something like that? Especially when it was rumored ahead of time, even mildly. So I think but, that the rumor mill on this one though, it seemed kind of off mark, like stings, not going to just almost immediately jump ship. Right. Like maybe he waits six months or, you know, something, maybe waits a year, who knows, you know, waits till there are crowds or something, but he really, you know, this is a part, and this is not the whole part of the turning of the tides, the, the momentum shift that we're going to be talking about on this episode. Because there's right, AEW was a, it was a big night, very big. I night. mean, okay, so the you had the Darby and Cody. Well, well, hold on, let's let's stay on with Sting for just sure, a sure, first. sure. Because that's the the match that prefaced it is completely different as well. But the rollout, like for all my for all my doom saying here. The rollout that they had for Sting's coming out was perfect. Absolutely. Flat out perfect. You had to stare down Arn Anderson, who Enforcer Arn was scared shitless. You I'm pretty sure if you'd have panned the camera down, there's a puddle in his pants. Oh yes. Then you come down to Cody, who he's you know, Sting's kneeling down in front of him and kind of tapping the back, going, You ain't ready, kid. You're still the same kid I used to know. And the only person that would meet Sting's gaze, and this is the, the Sting, the Crow Sting that is the living embodiment of conscience in professional wrestling, the only person who would meet Death's gaze was Darby Allen. Well, skateboard Sting. You did miss Perfect. one person, though, because there was the Dustin in the corner stare down with Sting, too. Oh, right, right, right. And, gets, yep. and, and that was interesting, True. too, because you got to think. The last time, I mean, obviously WCW was a long time ago, but the last time those two were on TNT in the same evening, Dustin was going off as seven and talking about what a shit fake gimmick it was and quit the show live on TV. And Sting was still like a stalwart of the company, just like being one of the soldiers. So now here you are 20, 25 years later, and you've got, just this really, it was really just an awesome moment. You, you know, Sting looking at the past, past with Arn, the Attitude Era past with Dustin, the the more ruthless aggression modern era with Cody, yeah. and then he comes face to face with the new. Oh God, it was just ah, I was like, it was, it was well done. It was perfectly done. Like I'm telling you, just just the Shivani screaming, it's Sting alone. That's a nostalgia pop. That that alone. Now, so going forward, let's we've already talked about the possibility of him having a match. So barring that, what what kind of things do you, what do you what do you think they're gonna do with him? There's there's a number of routes they can go here. I think if you're smart, you can keep staying enigmatic because that's what made him work so well in WCW is not always making sense of what Sting is doing and making him super random. And just, you know, if he goes after somebody and he has a reason and it's an altruistic reason, it can make sense. It would be interesting if at some point, you know, right now Darby is the TNT champ, but it could be interesting to have Darby and Sting have a match against each other and Darby have to defend against a legend. And that really puts shine on Darby's name already shining. So that's, it's nothing but a good thing, but again, hurt Sting is the fear. Will Sting get injured right. in this? Are we right. in two months talking about, well, that was a, f- 
a short go of Sting's time. That was a time. terrible idea, yeah. We, we said it in the jump yeah. that it shouldn't have, you know, whatever. Or are we going to be in two years saying, man, Sting's on another level, and I don't understand how he's gotten better with age. It doesn't doesn't make sense. We I, uh, Time will tell. I will say... I will say the whole mysterious thing and, and keeping random and keeping, you know, the silent edema that is Sting, they're they're kind of undercutting you already because he's going to talk tomorrow night on Dynamite. That's not exactly the best thing to enhance a mystery is or have the silent crow in the rafters Sting is him having a televised interview with Giovanni. That's no, I mean, that's true, but maybe he doesn't speak often. You know, maybe it's one of those maybe, doesn't speak maybe. often, but it's impactful type things. And he comes out and he says, you know, I came to AEW because I see a lot of talent or a lot of hope or a lot of promise in the future or whatever and you know i've had opportunities to give bigger companies the rub before and here i am you know but this time i feel it's different and really right. it does seem different i mean i don't know how to describe it but to me this feels different than the tna it feels different than than wcw right. even i mean this has it, it right. definitely has its own unique shine i think I think there's a little bit of a twist that you can put, and this is going to be, there's obviously there's the possibility of him managing. That's definitely an option. Um, sure, and, but and I wouldn't Harry, have given him a, a, you wouldn't have given an, an, a very openly, hey, we're signing Sting to a wrestling contract if he right. was managing. You would be, he's just a, he's an agent or a talent, because then you can just filter him into that role. It, is, it depends on what your definition of wrestling contract is, and they don't really, they're under no obligation to give us what that definition is. That's true. But just just for spitballing, obviously managing managing is an option. Um, the idea of him managing Darby is definitely there's a connection there. Uh, it would be a little odd for Darby to get a manager after winning the title, but you know whatever. Um, there was something that was pitched to me, uh, a buddy of mine that sent me the other day about, you know what, AEW doesn't have that really WWE doesn't have right now, but used to have uh, NXT has. Uh, WWE kind of did into the ground, but AEW's never had a uh, opportunity to run with their take on it. General AEW's manager. An, an authority figure, yeah. Yes. Um, maybe you have Sting come in as a, as a GM because Sting's tired of watching the people who write the checks or sign the checks booking the matches in the matches man so maybe oh. maybe we're looking at this the wrong way and maybe yeah he is writing off to, as a as a sign off on darby maybe this is a feud with cody maybe this is a feud with the nightmare family and not not in the sense that uh you know the nightmare family are heels but give the power to the wrestlers it's like a philosophical than, difference thing yeah. stings like listen man you guys created this company, but you're also, look, you've had Cody be a champion. You've had Kenny is now Bucks, champion. The yeah. Bucks are champions, you know. So a majority of the guys who are writing the checks have had the gold, and that's just WCW all over again, baby, and you don't want right. that. So Sting comes in and says, we're going to make it different. And then you can almost book Sting where he's booking these matches to piss heels off in the William Regal style where you're just like so stoked mm -hmm. that he's have, yeah. and here's the other funny thing you could do is uh, maybe Tony Khan was the one that brought him in because Tony Khan wants somebody to police his EVPs who are running roughshod the Bucks are kicking random interviewers in the face Cody is doing crazy shit like blading on every episode he can 
So maybe Tony needs somebody to step in as an authority figure. And it ain't going to be Tony because as we saw on Impact tonight, that Tony with a microphone is not always the best of ideas. Um, <laughs> so we don't necessarily need Tony Khan as an on-air personality, but maybe he handpicks somebody to be the on-air personality. And what better enforcer than the aforementioned conscience of professional wrestling in Sting? I mean, There's a lot you can do with that. There, There is a lot, and this is, again them shifting the balance of power in wrestling because it definitely made what made it was a moment they killed in the rating they almost did a million in the rating like it was a very 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 strong and 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 you know what's crazy is there were other great things that happened on the card that weren't the real big main moments what we we have to i mean go you go first i i i hate to say this and this is just a quick aside as big as their rating was as big as their demo was everything you realize they weren't the most viewed wrestling program in TV last week? What was? SmackDown. Random ass SmackDown beat it. I'm not kidding. I don't don't know why, but hmm. yeah. <laughs> Random ass SmackDown beat it. Um and uh it's it kinda kinda sucks considering they stacked that card and it was the biggest card that they could have put on. And did great ratings, but somehow, by the grace of God, SmackDown. Well, that's we. I mean, I I, I don't know. There, I, there's a lot. I don't. Of... I don't have an explanation to offer there. <laughs> I, I I only offer I only offer data. I feel like SmackDown um, was the only literal thing on TV on Friday this week. So a bunch of people just happened to tune in, or people who were maybe, watching Hannity got maybe. drunk and left I will their say TV Smackdown on. Bad. SmackDown wasn't bad this week. Sure, we'll get to it. sure, but, yeah, we will. But, we will. Um, but yeah, the, the Sting thing came at the end of the Darby, uh, Cody team Taz match, which now spoiler alert could be a four on four. Um, that is true. Yeah, it was interesting. And then not only that, we have the diamond battle Royal. That was very interesting how that was booked and your boy called it. I, you did, you did. I gotta say, I'm a little tired of the uh, the trope of having someone outside the ring waiting until oh, surprise, he's the last person in. Yeah, that's like the second that, or that third time they've old. used it. The sad thing is, it's like the second or third time in a week because there was a battle royal on uh, before uh, Survivor Series. There was a battle royal um, not very long ago in the women's te- in the women's division with a lot of one doing the same thing. So it's, it's getting a little little tightly worn out. Yeah, come up with a different, but, interesting finish for your battle royals, bro. We gotta yeah. gotta think on our toes and be more intelligent like, than that. Yeah, I don't. I. It's Orange Cassidy. You could have had him just literally sit in the corner the entire match and then pop up at the end. I I will say I'm a little bit thrown off because I thought that that was the determining, like that was gonna make the winner. It took me a minute too. Yeah, and then no, they were it's, like, it's. That's the same thing they did last year for it. If you remember, they did it was it was Hangman and MJF for the last two. Yep, and then they went so, on. They, yeah, because that battle royal I was at, and you were at the result of. Yeah, uh-huh. to go back. To um, it. Yeah, and like it was a great, you know, a good enough battle royal. The battle royals are chaos, and this was chaos. And you had the the moving on to a few different feuds. I. Desperately want to see more Wardlow versus Miro, though. 
Like that's the best book that Miro has been since coming back. Oh yeah. Miro is on fire and his, did you see his in car like shoot work promo? I didn't see it. I read the transcript. Though. Man, he was freaking livid. He, yeah, he was, was off and unhinged so and screaming. My and... Qu- so the question is, is that him or is that in character? Well, that's the thing is that to me, it seems like a work shoot. Like he obviously meant to go to that place and right. he was drawing on a little bit of reality because they probably said like, listen, we're going to have pot. I mean, I know I hate to use it, but pockets is going to win and, and he's going to win the, Royal, the, the, you know, battle Royal. And Miro was probably like, why did you sign me? What's the point of bringing me here? If you will not, you keep refusing to put me in the, it's the pock thing right. all over. But again, honestly, I think all these wrestlers trust AEW because they are doing a very slow, methodical, well-thought-out plan. I feel like they knew whether or not, what, listen, whether or not it was exactly going to happen, how it happened because of COVID and everything. But I think they knew Moxley was going to be a nearly one-year reigning champ before Kenny eventually challenged for it. And then, you know, we and we haven't even got there yet, but, like, there are there are moves that are being made by AEW to ensure every wrestler on every level that they're going to get their rub, they're going to get their opportunity to really shine. Look at John Silver, man. Great example. A great example of somebody who just was kind of doing his own thing and when was given the opportunity to run with the ball, he said, look, I can run with the ball. I can do this. I think as far as that that little uh, the car promo, if you want to call it that or whatever, went, that came off to me less as being upset that Orange Cassidy won and upset about his place on the card, more like kayfabe annoyance of the way Kenny ran off and ran off to impact and all that. It seemed a way to get Miro in the same conversation as Kenny. Sure. So it could be that could be setting him up for not unlike Archer was for Moxley, just a mid a mid-era or a mid-between-pay-per-views title match maybe at some point, which would be great. Um, but I think it would – I know – and I know I read something recently that said that uh, that Tony Khan wants to do more of those special Dynamite episodes, which that's how you main event one of those special Dynamite episodes is having a title match. Yep. So maybe you get Miro, who's pissed off at that, gets a one-off little feud with Kenny for a week or something like that. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a way to get him into the title contention, um, make him relevant or keep him relevant, rather. Um, do you think that MJF uh, loses the t- the ring next week? I do, and honestly, I think it's going to be a Wardlow Wardlow's fault. I think they have to create dissension between those two. Wardlow is already think- getting over, man. He, I like, I, I know. That no, maybe, maybe the time isn't right, but I like Wardlow. You like Wardlow. Everybody likes Wardlow. Mm-hmm. No one likes MJF. Now is the time to pull that trigger. I feel it. I'm telling you, same thing I said a couple weeks ago about I, I don't think the time is right just because they've already got a work. They're working on a feud with him in the inner circle. I don't think they want to have him feud with Wardlow while he's doing the inner circle thing. Unless they're going to kick Wardlow out of the inner circle. We'll see. I mean, they've got the ultimatum thing coming up tomorrow night. We'll see. I think it's Sammy Guevara that costs 
uh, cost of death. Oh, that's my, that's my take. That's okay. Now that's awesome too because that furthers that story as well. That's a very well thought out idea, right. actually. So I, I think they're going to hold off on the Wardlow thing just a little bit longer. Um, but I do think I think it's going to be Sammy, and I think Sammy's going to have a face currently. Might see the dissolution of the Inner Circle. I don't know. You could see the reformation of the Inner Circle around MJF. Again, I don't know. Um, I do know that when he breaks away from from MJF, assuming MJF is still leading some form of the inner circle, you have a quick feud with him and Hager. Yeah. Between Wardlow and Hager, the, that feud's already sort of like alluded to at least. And that's an obstacle for Wardlow to get through to get to MJF. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of ways they can go with it. I do think it's Sammy that's going to cost him, but it's going to also hinge on what happens with the ultimatum thing tomorrow. How Okay, now how would you book that? If you, Since you're going to have MJF in two angles tomorrow, he defending the, the, the mm-hmm. ring, and you've got the ultimatum, which comes first? Do you have him I lose he, the thing first and then go to the ultimatum where he's really pissed? Or you have the ultimatum where you know whether or not he's going to be backed by the inner circle and then go into the match think, with, you know, whatever. I think you do the ultimatum first to to re, to ensure the existence of the inner circle. Everybody agrees to it. Everybody is now, now MJF is heavily favored going into that match because he's got the backing of the inner circle still. And then you have Sammy who's pissed off at the result of the ultimatum goes in and costs him. That's how I would do it. Oh, I like that. Sammy, Sammy refuses, refuses to... It's 2020 we're living in. Why don't we have a democratic perp or a democratic election to see who's gonna, if we're gonna keep the inner circle or not, and then have someone challenge the uh, results? <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I'm. I don't. Oh God, think I hate that... myself for saying that. <laughs> You're just playing oh, into God. the times, man. That's fair. Oh God. I will say. I, gonna, I. I. Oh, hold on. Go ahead. We only. We only. That only wins. That only succeeds if you have Tony Khan say. No, we're not buying it. So one sentence rejection of the entire thing. <laughs> there you go. I'm done. I'm done with the politics. I'm done. Sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it could be really funny and interesting to see uh, Orange Cassidy with the Dynamite Diamond. Because imagine this, instead of making people like Mwah, kiss the ring, he just like, and they just like, meh. Like they don't even kiss it. He just like rubs it on their face, like they peck the ring. Two things I can see him doing. One is just putting it on a thumb and just doing the half-ass thumbs up with it on his thumb, or do what he did with the IWTV belt, just put it in a backpack that he carries around all the time. <laughs> That's like legitimately it. what he did with the IWTV title. Was he carried around in like a uh, fucking like Lands End backpack or something like that? Jan Sport backpack. That's hilarious. Especially if you go buy him a denim backpack. There you go. Oh, just like the shittiest like Jan Sport, you know, Walmart twenty, you know, five dollar bag. They have a color by um, no, number Orange Cassidy shirt on the AEW shop. I've seen. I've it's seen just, it. It's just one orange. I really, I really want the Orange Cassidy uh, uh, ugly Christmas sweater. This is like Merry Christmas or whatever, Happy Holidays or something. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else we had on there. The, the ultimatum we've already touched on. Um, obviously the big, the big, big ending is the title match and the angle that came out of that, which will leads into the rest of the wrestling world for the week. 
Um, am I missing anything before we get to the title match or anything? I'm 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 blanking on here. I mean, there wasn't a ton of filler on this dynamite uh, at all. So like. You had did the, you see the angle? Did you see the angle that happened after the show? Yeah, which they actually are. There was kind of some anger that it was after because it ran long mm-hmm. and it should have been technically what ended ended dynamite. But right, I, I I don't know. Truthfully, having that trying to run that after the Moxley Jericho thing is or Moxley uh, Omega thing is a terrible idea. Like no one's going to care about your angle. That's not a good show ender that night. Yeah. They, they ended it the way it should have. But no, the, uh, yeah. So, no, you had that. Um, we had the, was it Leela Hirsch and, uh, um, um, Britt Baker match? Uh, Britt Baker. That's the best Britt Baker match yet. Yeah. It was a great match. That's the best she's looked. Mm-hmm. They, they did, that was a fantastic match. I was really they enjoying need to it. sign Layla. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, was there a, there a tag match as well? Did the Bucks face somebody? No. They're facing next week. They're facing no. TH two. They were in the right. backstage segment with the Marvez and uh, oh. the the acclaim. The acclaim. Yes. Yep. Max Caster and I can't think of the other guy's name. I've seen him a handful of times, but um, I think that was the majority of the show. Uh, but yeah, the obvious, the big angle was the title match and i'm not gonna lie the match itself not not their best i think it's the best they've had between each other because the first match wasn't really a match and 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 right well i mean there's only two matches to choose from that's not exactly a wealth of wealth of uh examples fair but what i'm saying is is that it was it was more along the lines of wrestling match it was, it was it was Kenny starting to bring the cleaner fully out of the closet and 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 embrace his truer self. It was a you know there were some hard hitting moments and some spots in that match that were really well put together between those two working really stiff with each other. Honestly, there's some good sequences. The two of them to me don't seem to have a hell of a lot of chemistry. Like they're just not quite on the same page. There's also something working against it that's going to work against pretty much any televised title match, like the long form title match. And there's two, two, two issues I kind of had with it is that the cur- commercial breaks kill title matches. It, it just, it just does. I mean, there's no, there's no two ways about it. It kills the, the, the flow between match and during the match when you come back and, Oh man, he's still in a headlock or you missed a bunch of stuff. Picture in picture only does so much. As much as JR wants to make love to the picture-in-picture, picture, it only does so much. If you want picture-in-picture picture right, they may need to keep the wrestling on the full screen and make the commercial in a tiny fucking screen. That's how you fix picture-in-picture. I mean, picture. uh, maybe because you still got to run the audio of the commercial, yeah. which is what draws you over anyway. But there, that that's working against it, and that, that happens to every show. That happens to NXT. That happens to Raw, SmackDown, all. Any, any show that runs commercials in it, has title matches if they're long enough get the flow is just completely ruined the other thing is that it specifically hurts kenny who is known for those long broadway matches the build up the momentum sure. and build up the story and build up all this this that flow of momentum is what he's his big classic uh, okada matches and everything were built on and those commercials undercut him too 
personally, I, as much as I enjoy watching Omega, as much as I enjoy watching his matches, sometimes the dude just gets under my skin. I don't want to watch him anymore. And that's because he's so freaking animated that he just kind of draws me out of it a little bit, which is sad because Moxley does the same thing. And it doesn't. But uh, to me, the two, I mean, the ending aside, the two of them just didn't seem to, to really be that much in sync to me. Like it was a weird match. Not, not one of their, I, I think they're both capable of better. Obviously I think Kenny's definitely capable. I don't think their styles mesh really well at all. Will we see a rematch? Oh, I, undoubtedly. Okay. I, it'll be a little while, but I think undoubtedly. The, something like that. You're two biggest stars in the brand. You don't go one and one and just leave it at that. They're gonna, there has to be a rubber match at some point. The, the dirty finish. Yeah. I will say be a rematch uh, down the road. there was a tweet from Full Gear last year that Kenny had tweeted about, like, you made the mistake of not killing me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he retweeted it and was like, you a year know, later, yeah. Full th- things come full circle or whatever. I listen. It's like never felt so alive or something like that. Kenny, let's yeah. just say it officially because I don't think we've officially, officially. Kenny Two Belts Omega, now your AEW World Champion. Right. Uh, winning the match as the graphic shows us over here that uh, people can see. Um, so we have, we you know, we talked a little bit about the match itself and, you know, I'm all for Kenny going back to the cleaner, although he still looks like he's not quite there yet. But again, that's because he's not having hour long Broadway matches with Okada. But the real story is the end angle. You had the Don Callis interference, which, you know, at the time, I don't know if he, if Callis was supposed to just straight up hand Kenny the mic and dropped it. Or if he was supposed to throw it into the ring for Kenny to go pick up, it looked weird. <laughs> but um, we get the microphone shot to the head, looked brutal, sounded brutal because they turned the mic on for it. Funk. Um, yeah. You get the litany of V triggers, which you need for a mega finale. And then the one winged angel is still one of the two most protected finishers on the planet. You know what the other one is? F5. Nope. People have kicked out of the F5. Okay. The end of days. When was the last time you saw somebody kick out of the end of days? Corbin's finisher? Corbin's finisher. I'm thinking back to NXT, and I don't remember anybody actually having... I may be completely wrong in this. I don't remember an occasion where somebody kicked out of the end of days. It's, it's the most protected finisher in WWE to me, bar none. But to me, it goes about as long as the one-winged angel. So oddly enough, that's that's a um, very strange stat for sure. I need to yeah, really look into that. Um, so you get the finish, you get Kenny and Callis hightailing it out of there. Now, of note, Moxley attacked Callis. That was brought up tonight, but Moxley attacked Callis when Callis tried to intervene in the match. You get the mic spot, one wing angel, the two of them hightailing out of the ring, past Tony Khan, who is, is just exasperated by it, past a chorus of booing AEW talent, to an SUV where, where Callis says, tune in on Tuesday to Impact on Access, and we'll tell you all about it. Yeah, he's yeah. I loved how they did that slide in his, like, We'll answer all these questions on Tuesday, and Mar—I think it was Marv Ezer, whoever was like, 
Tuesday, Dynamite's on Wednesday. And he was like, on Impact. And it was like, holy shit, you know, Kenny Omega is going to appear on Impact. Jaws just dropped, yeah. Yeah. And we still have yet to see what that's going to end up. There's rumors one way that everybody wants a certain thing. Rumors are a different thing. We still don't have any kind of confirmation as to what's going to lead out of it. Tons of speculation. Well, and then the actuality of kind of what was laid tonight is is kind of different even than what we've been seeing in the rumor mill, too. It's still intentionally vague. Yeah. It's still intentionally vague. The, I mean, obviously, the, the, the fantasy, the what everybody wants, the same thing you've been preaching since, I don't know, the first episode I've ever been on here, is let AEW be the gatekeeper of the new territories. Let everybody work together, take down the machine, like congeal, conglomerate. Don't unionize. It's a bad word, apparently, but everything else. Um, and there's so much that can be said for it because AEW has connections with AAA, AEW has connections with NWA, Impact has connections with New Japan, Impact has connections with CMLL. There's indie connections between both of them. There's so much that can be brought in um, without even, and there's, there's stuff that can be done even without having uh, any other feds involved in. I mean, just the, the one I pointed out to you immediately was, hey, let's get some talent from Impact's women's division over into AEW. Shore that shit up. I mean, if you're, there's, yeah. if you're watching tonight, and, and this is kind of, we're recording, not late, we're recording pretty much in our standard time that we'd like to record these show, but... Um, we're recording when we were supposed to be, as opposed to, you know, the willy-nilly that's been the last um, month or so because of me. Well, that's, we didn't need to bring that up, it, nobody's upset at that, let yourself have it, it's okay. Uh, but you know, what I was going to say is, I will is that, be the butt of my own joke, damn it. <laughs> but tonight, I was watching Impact on Twitch because, of course, the announcement Kenny Omega is going to appear with Don Callis on Impact Wrestling. Holy shit! The first official interview with Kenny Omega, the champion of AEW, is going to be on a different promotion. And of course, like you said, I have been for many, many moons saying the best way to take down WWE is for all these little guys to work together to take down the big shark. It's the only way minnows survive, man. So you're in the situation now where it's starting to kind of come to fruition. And one thing I noticed on the, just to talk about the women's division, one thing I noticed watching the Rosemary, Deanna Perrazzo, and then there were a couple other gals. I suck. I it was Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie, Kimberly and Deanna Perrazzo. That's right. It was Taya Valkyrie is the one that I felt bad for forgetting. I didn't even hear them announce Kimberly. So that's that's just kind of on me. But anyways, that during that match on the side, the little sidebar where the chat was going on and blowing up, I was watching people just say, this is the women's division. This is a women's division in pro wrestling being shown the proper respect it deserves mm-hmm and shining how it can, regardless of what talent they do or do not have. And and actually, Impact has a stacked women's division. Deanna Perrazzo, oh, yeah. Rosemary, Ty Valkyrie, you got Jordan Grace, you know, uh, get, get, uh Jessica Havoc, Jazz Tasha just Steels, returned. I mean, Jazz, um, yeah, there's a ton of people. Impact's got, I don't know if I would call Impact the number one women's division just because nxts is also stacked as hell oh tenille dashwood as well forgot about yes, her tenille dashwood um uh kira hogan's another one there's a no they're completely stacked um they're right up there with nxt i would say one and one a um the 
there's a lot of things that can be said. There's a lot of like possibility that a partnership like this opens up. The rumor, and I don't want to be a buzzkill of any kind, but the rumor is that it's not going to be nearly to that extent. They don't have much planned out. Callis's contract with Impact's almost up or is up, and he's going to transition over to AEW. And this was just a one-off just to, you know, get some eyes on Impact. It's going to lead to maybe a, a match with their rumor. The rumor was maybe a Good Brothers Young Bucks match. They kind of planted the seeds a little bit for uh, uh, Rich Swan, Kenny Omega tonight a little bit. So maybe they do like a, maybe they do title. They don't, I don't think they're going to do title for title, obviously, because neither can lose their belt. Even with the, with the Kenny promo rumoring him being a belt collector. Um, I, I think they just, they might have a couple of the champions from Impact show up on AEW and vice versa. And then it may just go, that's it. I hope not. I really, I hope it's more than that, but that might be it. Well, I will say they had 50,000 people watching their Twitch stream, which is more than they've been pulling in in the past year and change. And they've been really trying oh, to make that yeah. Twitch stream up, you know, and they put together a pretty solid card. I know it was kind of strange and hodgepodge, but their, their current product is trying to be its own thing in a world where no one has crowd interaction to differentiate. Right. We we don't really get to talk about it much, and this is something I, a topic I was going to bring up later on. That I watch a shitload of wrestling. I mean, I yeah. made that abundantly clear. But even I don't get to watch Impact regularly because, I mean, at times it's on when we're trying to record, or really it's just you take a break. I watch you know Raw, SmackDown, AEW. I try to watch NXT every week, and you know, if I see an indie card or two, I'll try to catch that if I can, something like that. But Impact, and it's a little more difficult for me now because I have to go through Twitch rather than Access, but Impact is always kind of the odd man out for me. Uh, New Japan's I, one of my resolutions for next year is to watch more New Japan, so I've kind of fallen off of that this year. Um, but there's, always so, there's so much wrestling to take in. You can only take in so much without getting completely fucking burned out. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm scraping up on on occasion here. Part of my cynicism towards WWE is because I'm burned out and WWE just gets the brunt of it because they're the worst of the lot. But um, Impact, from like I said, I haven't had a chance to watch as much of it, but Impact puts on a very good product. I mean, they're number three probably to WWE's number one, AEW's 1A. Uh they're right around where about where I'd say Ring of Honor is, but they put on very good product. It's quality. The only thing, the only knock I'd really have against their production right now or their booking, even they need to do something to get rid of Josh Matthews. But um, beyond that, it's great. It's solid product. They have great tag team wrestling. They have great women's wrestling. Um, their X division is still going strong. They've got a lot of young names. Uh, there's a couple of my my indie guys. Uh, you saw the uh, Cody Deaner uh, match with uh, uh, I can't think. Of, I just blanked on his name. Uh, former leader of of uh, Sanity. Why can't Eric Yump? Why can't I think of his name? Why? Yeah, yeah, Eric yeah. Yump. Thank you. Let me get there eventually. Uh, yeah, uh, in that match, uh, cousin Jake is Jake something of uh, current Black Label Pro champion. Um, so I mean, there's Impact's got a very good product that doesn't get enough eyes to it because of its positioning. 
because of AEW or because of uh, uh, access and Twitch being the only ways to do it. It doesn't help that uh, for the longest time, Impact was the biggest joke in wrestling, and deservedly so. But they're washing that stink off pretty well at this point. And really, AEW helping them out is a huge thing for them because people should see their product. Well, and this is why I think this is not just a one-off. I, you know, I, I mean, feel, I feel like, listen, here, here's, here's, here's where, where we're gonna take a, st- a second to look back at history just a little bit because 2020 has shown us how things operate. You had even said, oh, the Thunder Rosa thing might just be a one-off, and and we might only get this limited thing, and it's become more, and we've seen more work with NWA, and then now here we are. Yet again, another company, another promotion, little cross mojination. I think that I don't know if we said it on air or off air that it would be very, very clever to plug the Good Brothers into the guys that attacked and beat up Mox before the I contract. Was, you and I talked about that off air, yeah, yeah, and I think that's you and I talked a, about that off air. It's a really smart play, and then to talk about the Rich Swan Kenny Omega match that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Everybody would love to see that. It would be great. So there's a lot of options and possibilities here. It's just, like I said, the 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 idea of it being a one off is not uh, Buckles' idea. That is not my theory. That is not my hope. It's sure. just what I'm hearing. Just rumors. Uh, oh, I totally understand, and I also so, think that uh, I want you to be right. <laughs> you know what's really interesting? I feel like the AEW people are smart enough to put fake rumors stuff like that out there just to keep people off the scent. Is like you you have to throw people off the loop, and you have to you know fix and. I mean, there wasn't a soul. There wasn't a soul that had a, a breath about an AEW Impact partnership prior to last week. No, that that no one, Meltzer, nobody had no thought to it. Correct, because so it didn't really get something past there. Other than in Nate's weird brain space, it didn't really make sense as something that could actually happen. And then you look at the way the chess pieces play. That's the difference here. WWE is playing checkers, and we got the Queen's Gambit over here playing chess because you've got. Kenny Omega and company that now have look at this. I want you to really think about the the, the chess pieces. Mm-hmm. You got Billy Corrigan and NWA working with them. You got Impact Wrestling and 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 that for now working with them. You have one of their literal best AAA. friends, Triple A. Triple Triple A is something we can't forget. But you more stateside speaking, you have literally. The elite's best dude and Marty working with ROH, and I know ROH isn't doing a lot right now, but well, ROH is doing a lot more now than it was. They're actually they're back in the swing of things. Oh, I didn't realize that's my fault. I'll get I'll get to that here in a second. They're they're actually there's been developments in ROH recently. However, Marty hasn't been involved with that at all. Hmm. Marty's not been on screen, and apparently Marty's not booking for them currently. Like he's just kind of sitting on the sidelines right now. So now remember, Marty also had a bit of the issues with the speaking out movement earlier this year. So that could still be fallout from that. So Marty's Marty's position with ROH is kind of up in the air at the moment. Not to say that there's been any announcement, yay or nay, but his status with ROH is kind of well. We're, we still he's still with the company. We haven't heard anything to the contrary, but they're sure as hell don't seem to be using him, and apparently he's not doing the booking. Hmm. Um, just to just to throw out real quick to get you up to speed, ROH had they brought the pure title back that you know Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, all them yeah. uh, fought for. They brought the pure title back and ran a tournament on that 
uh, that finished up with uh, Jonathan Gresham winning and forming a faction based on pure wrestling that is, I want to say, I know it's Tracy Williams, AJ, or Jay Lethal, Gresham, and Rhett Titus, I believe. Um, you had EC3 is back on Ring of Honor, uh, kind of having a mini feud first with, uh, uh, well, with right now with uh, uh, with uh, Jay Briscoe. Nice. And, That's uh, a nice feud. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Taven is back. Uh, after injury, um, feuding with Vincent, and they brought Mike Bennett into that as well. Hey, and Mike Bennett actually so, just recently also appeared on NWA Shockwave, challenging for 10 pounds of gold herself against the national treasure, the real world champion, Nick Aldis. I've heard Shockwave's having some issues already with the fact they might not have that studio for very long. Or there was some there was some kind of issues with Shockwave after that first episode. I don't know. Don't I have no nothing past that. I just remember reading something about that recently. Uh, let me say, I don't know. As a fan of NWA Power and what that was about, I didn't really get into Shockwave. Not having a crowd I, and I having well, okay, I did. I watched it. Eli Drake opened the card. It was you know fun match and whatever, but. When there's zero crowd, there's zero looking crowd, and the wrestlers are told you're entertaining the internet, and they're buying into that and not in a good way. And, you know, you have Eli Drake going, I know I can't hear you here, but I know you're doing it at home. E. Lie. Drake. No, you know, and he's trying that, to get though. it over. It kind of yeah. fell flat for me. And it, it sucks when they're reminding you that there's no audience. Exactly. So yeah, it, it, does. It, it does. It definitely fell flat for me. It didn't give me the same energy. It, it kind of struck me. It kind of struck me on Impact tonight with that women's match where Rosemary and Tyre both like just screaming at the top of their lungs. I'm thinking, man, that'd probably get over with the crowd, but this is just kind of yelling. <laughs> right now, you so, just look like two crazy yeah. ladies screaming at each other. It actually reminded me of. Uh, uh, back in, you know, the world before, or not even the world before, but the years and years and years ago that was, you know, April of this year, uh, WrestleMania uh, was actually in, it was fairly warm outside. I had my patio doors open, windows open and everything. And that uh, Charlotte and uh, and uh, Rhea Ripley match, to the casual onlooker walking past the window at any given point in that match, might have not thought I was watching wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they were like <laughs> there was some there was some screeching and some screaming in that that might have sounded a little, I might have had to get up and shut the door just for the fact that I don't want to explain this one here. But no, uh, yeah, there was that reminder tonight. But yeah, there's 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 a lot of stuff going on that they can do. Like getting back to AEW, there's a lot of stuff that they can do with this partnership, and I hope that they do. There's a lot of different ways they can go with it. I hope that it's more than just a one-off. I want it to be more than just a one-off. I want you to be right. I want everyone to acknowledge and bow and pay homage to the Podfather. Hey, and that'd the, be the nice. Golden God that he is. Hey, I've but, only I've only called like six things that you didn't think could actually happen. So, like, that's a, only an okay track record. It could be more. You know, we, we, I mentioned this in our in the you know the GIC group chat and everything. I lack your optimism. <laughs> I, I am. You are the optimist. I am the cynic. 
maybe it's because I watched too much WWE. I don't know. <laughs> I I felt hope die. <laughs> Dude, 2020 has tried its hardest to turn me into a pessimist. Like, it's really pushed the envelope. Like, hey, you want to think that things can still be okay? I bet we can make them worse. My dog broke her toe on Sunday. Fuck I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. We're almost out of it. We've only got, like, fucking some many odd days left not many it's like 20 or something yeah i'm just worried that 2021 is going to be the sequel (laughs) i really hope not uh i uh um yeah and again impact tonight wasn't a bad show um the interview with callus and and omega the belt collecting stuff changing the nameplate on another promotions channel I mean, it's a, it's a big dick move but at the same time not the biggest dick move of the night though did you did, did tell me tell me please tell me you caught the drops the drops there was you're, a you're name able... drop that was so shocking i still can't believe it was on impact wrestling I I can honestly say if it was during a match I probably didn't because I blocked off so much of commentary. No, it was it was during <laughs> it was during Kenny's thing when he was talking. Uh, the Golden Sheik was one of them. Uh, it was well, a Lance Storm drop. Nope, nope. Those two are nice and soft. But how about the fact um, he said Dean Ambrose's name? Oh, Dean that's right. Ambrose, I, not no. John Moxley. He no, said I Ambrose. I, I'm not gonna lie. I. One of the one of the few beefs I have with AEW is that they just keep going back to the well where they keep taking pot shots at WWE, which I mean warranted deserved, sure, but it seems so petty and cheap to me at times. Cody's the worst at it. Cue the you know pull your image up of him breaking the fucking throne with a hammer, shit like that. So Callus mentioning Stanford like four times in that, referencing NXT as the game show, uh, mentioning that you know. That Matt, that Josh Matthews honed his skills in WWE. That's why he's so bad. Uh, mentioning the Ambrose thing, it's like okay, one one time was probably enough to get a grin or a giggle, but now you're just kind of you're reaching back into that well. That's not a good look. Okay, so hold on. To me, that's just never been a good look. Because now I have a thought, and my brain is really ticking. What if, again, Podfather, the master of optimism here. Just trying to bring some good good juju. You know, you do have this whole Kenny Omega collector story. He tried this a couple years ago in New Japan. And it didn't really it didn't really come off right. But now you have an opportunity where he could go and face Nick Aldis for that NWA title. He could face Rich Swan soon for that title. Okay, so let's say he picks up more belts. He has already a two double champ. He's got the triple A title as well as AEW title. If he starts picking up multiple belts, does that at some point put enough pressure on WWE to be like, shit, we got to work with these guys? Even if he doesn't win the WWE title, getting him in here is going to be exponentially larger for the bigger picture, not just the, the immediate WWE picture. Here, here's the thing with WWE's big picture, and the reason it will never happen is because Kenny... The, the working and getting a bunch of people to or groups together and you know showing Kenny with all the belts that might equal ratings doesn't necessarily equal dollars and we know which of the two the WWE cares about they can give a shit less about the ratings they've proven that you're absolutely they, right they 
care very, very, very much about money. They've proven that. There's also the fact that Vince is extremely petty and will not mention anyone else. Period. Like, he won't mention anything. They uh, they went back uh, the War Games match from last year, the women's war, or the the men's War Games match, the one where Britt Baker made an appearance. Yeah, she's been edited out of that. Oh, I, I figured they edited her out of that as soon as they realized the mistake had been made. No, because it was never a mistake. That was completely intentional. Bullshit, if you believe. No, no, no. If you think Triple H, oh, we didn't know that bullshit. No, right. no, 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 no. Everybody, everybody, the guy with the camera knew exactly that bullshit. Um, no, there's, that was done now. Same reason that you can't go, can you go, uh, go in WWE shop and see if you can go buy some Jericho merch real quick? Yeah, not happening. They don't even want to make money off of him. CM Punk stuff's up for, what, 50 cents? Um, uh, Speaking of which, do you hear his words today? He was on a, uh, he was on the uh, the oral, the oral sessions or whatever it is. Uh, Renee Renee Paquette's new podcast. Um, there were some comments made about unionization that he doesn't think will ever happen. Yeah, uh, I did see some of his comments. I saw how he mentioned that it doesn't necessarily need to be the biggest amount of money that brings him out of retirement. Has to be the so most he said he interesting. Turn that down. Yeah, totally. But he said it's all about the most <laughs> interesting story and things that would be right. fun to do. And I think, and he even said this, he thinks that AEW is the place that's more likely to have that happen because he doesn't see anybody, not a single person on the WWE roster, that he would have any interest in working now that he didn't already work in his previous run with the company. The, yeah, you know, there's there's something valid to say that because the biggest names in the company in WWE are all guys he's already wrestled. It's true. Like, I mean, even if you look at the big names, the people who would be the most interesting, the most interesting story is CM Punk and Roman Reigns. Right now, that's a great story. You can tell. However, there I work with him. Seth, done. You know, Brian, done. Uh, AJ, done. Edge, done. So, Joe, done. Edge, done. Orton, Orton done. done. All that, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's something valid to say that. I don't think he's going to be coming back to work a program at Otis anytime soon. Or Ziggler, um, even though those guys have worked before. <laughs> you keep, there, there's something I want to bring up about a lot of these names we're mentioning later that I don't need to forget that. I want to, I want to talk about something later. Um, so, like I said, there's a lot of places they can go with the AEW partnership. I really hope they do. But they didn't really they kind of finished this interview by not really telling us anything. They did the name change thing and they, they established that Don Callis has been planning this out for 27 years, which yeah, bullshit, but <laughs> Kenny hasn't been wrestling for 27 years. So bullshit. Um, and they established that character and they established that Kenny wants to be a gold traveler, but they didn't really bother to explain anything. It was just a, Tune into tune into to to impact to see our explanation. Well, we're going to announce something tomorrow night on Dynamite. Shoot into that now. Well, I think they're just trying to see if they can. I think this that was like the ultimate test because if you can get people to cross over, and you might have I don't know what the numbers are, but you might have a number of people who watch Impact Wrestling who do not mm -hmm. tune in to the AEW product who are now going. Now I can't, yeah, now I, I can't yeah. not, well, like we watched Impact this week because we couldn't not know. Now the vice versa is going to happen and they can look at those numbers and they can look at the demographics and they can go, hey guys, guess what? You you won't even believe this, but 
Impact charted this week on the ratings. So if if this proves to be pretty lucrative, that will be what extends it more than anything. Um, what do you think they're getting at with the Lex Luger thing? I don't know what that I mean, means other than, oh, the, I know. I, I, Lex Express is the bus, but. But what did Lex Luthor, Le, Lex Luthor, I did it again. What did Lex Luger. He tried to kill Superman. <laughs> he tried to kill Superman. Yeah, he did. But what what did Lex Luger do in WCW that was game changer at that time? Well, I remember beating Hogan, but that's but, but he showed up. He showed up the Mall of America the moment that shocked everybody because we weren't expecting it. Like he was really the first jump over. So that's true. Does Kenny mentioning Lex mean that someone else who is a WWE or maybe even Impact star will be My coming over? Is- my guess is you have somebody from Impact joining with Kenny and Callis or something. Uh, I don't know who it would be, but uh, or they announce that it's going to be there. Maybe they're going to make the announcement with him and of him and Rich Swan. They could have totally. On, you know what? I, honestly, I, I started to say it could be Swan coming out and, and making a challenge to or gate crash in AEW because they wouldn't let him in or whatever. They were kind of dissed him and on his own show, but that doesn't jive with Callus and Omega announcing something. So we'll see. I think you probably see a Swan appearance tomorrow night, but I don't think that's what they're getting at. I, I think I'm interested. I think we see the hybrid two Young Bucks match interrupted by the Good Brothers. Whether they get physical at all yeah. or whether their music just hits and they are on the ramp just staring them Maybe. down. It's Because what story does that tell? The Good Brothers showing up on AEW – when they could have went to AEW when they left WWE, they also are friends with the Bucks. They have the history of the Bullet Club together with AJ and the whole nines. I mean, right. It it depends on what the what relationship they want to establish for the Good Brothers. If they want to lean them more towards the Bucks, which would be more of a face leaning thing, or if they want to establish some Kenny, who's more heel. The Good Brothers are face on Impact, as it were. Hmm. So. Maybe they'll just swerve us. It'll be the two guys from Tuck and Shop of Mania showing up on. There you <laughs> go. There you go. Chad, too bad. Uh, uh, Tex Ferguson showing up. <laughs> oh, um, that's great. So that I think that covers the AEW and Impact for the week, honestly. I think that kind of covers what we got going on there. Um, looking at WWE's main stuff, again, SmackDown was good. SmackDown was very worthwhile. I love the closing angle, honestly. Uh, Kevin Owens is a fantastic foil to Roman Reigns. Um, did you happen to see anything from SmackDown? I'm talking about the closing angle. I don't know if you know what you know about. No, I'm um, clueless. So, uh, at Survivor Series, obviously, um, Team SmackDown lost with Jay uh, as the, as the leader. And Reigns made the comment that he needs to make everyone fear and respect him, otherwise that they won't respect Reigns and the family. So last week on SmackDown, after being told that, uh, Jay randomly jumped Otis on the way down to the ring and randomly jumped Owens, who is, you know, talked poorly about Reigns. And then they finished the match up with, or they finished the night up last week with Owens and Jay Uso having a match in which Owens just laid the shit out of Uso with a chair, looked at the camera and said, no, Roman, I don't fear you. Sorry, screw you. Nice. Uh, perfect for, oh, it's great for Owens. Uh, it's perfect for his babyface character. Um, this week they reiterated that saying, you know, they need to fear you. And uh, 
Owens interrupts and challenges Reigns to a TLC match um, at TLC for the title. And Jay accepts on behalf of Roman, which Roman uh, acknowledges, but probably not the best of ideas to do that in front of him. Yeah, with that sure. character. So they're scheduled to have a tag team match at the end of the night. Uh, Uso and Reigns versus Owens and Otis, which that's a fun combination already. But um, they walk to the back and Reigns stops Uso and says, you know, I love you. I, I know what you're doing. I understand you did the right, you didn't do anything wrong. I appreciate what you're doing, you know, standing up for the family, but just know there's consequences for all your actions. So fast forward to the main event, we get Uso and uh, we get Uso comes out. Owen, Otis come out, no reigns. So there's your consequences. It's essentially going to be a handicap match. Reigns comes out about halfway through the match. And uh, there's a weird spot where he just completely brutalizes Otis with the steps to no DQ, no disqualification. Uh, and then uh, the end of the match, uh, Uso has Owens oh, pretty much dead to rights. Uh, Reigns tells me tells him tag me in. I'm finishing the show. I finish the match. Uso hesitates just long enough that Owens recovers and stuns him. And Reigns jumps in and puts on the guillotine, and they call a DQ because Reigns was not the legal man. So murdering somebody with a set of stairs is not a DQ, but choking them out is apparently a weird finish. But they finish with Reigns standing over uh, Owens, you know, saying, this is what you deserve. This is, you know, you wanted my attention. Now you got it. Uso brings two chairs in. They beat the shit out of Owens with a pair of chairs. And then on a dime, Reigns takes a chair and hits Uso with it. Knocks him over Owens. It's, Look what you made me do. You really think I'm this stupid? Whoa. And he stands over both of them saying, you know, super fucked up, you know, Samoan mafia god. He is the Samoan Don right now. And it's awesome. Reigns is bar none the best character in WWE, and that's saying something. Um, so yeah, Raw was decent, or I mean, SmackDown was decent. Um, there was some other shit going on with tag teams because they have to find new tag teams for the Street Profits to fight because there are none. Um, there was a nice bit of business with a uh, six-man tag team involving the or six-man tag match involving the Intercontinental Title in honor of Pat Patterson, which we haven't touched on yet. Um, there's a couple spots for it. I mean, that was pretty much the story of the night was Patterson other than Reigns, but, um, and they did, we did it again on Raw, same thing, a lot of tribute stuff. They did the 21, or the 10 bell salute, all that. Um, Raw, I'll be completely honest with you, I don't remember much of Raw because I slept through a good portion of it. Uh, just to completely pull back the curtain, again, dog's got a broken toe, I've got her heavily, I've got her sedated on pain meds, so she's sleeping on my lap sleeping dog with a blanket on your lap equals space heater equals me passing the fuck out. <laughs> so I missed a good chunk of raw. <laughs> no one's um, upset for your inability to report on that show. I, uh, I say missed because technically that's the right word to use. I didn't really miss too much of it. Um, I did. I was awake long enough to see the really stupid thing with Lana this week. She get put through another table. 
No, oh God, you haven't heard it then. If you're if you're asking me that, that means you haven't heard it. I, I have to I have to bring me up the direct quote. Um so Nia Jax has proven to be difficult in a wrestling ring. We've, yeah. We've established this. She's also got to the point where she's pretty dangerous on a microphone and not in a good way. Um, so they do this, this prep thing in Gorilla where they've got Shayna Baszler and Nia. They're interviewing both of them. Uh, Shane is about to go out and have her first one-on-one match with Asuka, which should be a big deal, except this is all completely in service to this stupid tag match with Lana for some reason. But Nia is giving Shayna a like, pep talk thing because Shayna Baszler needs pep talks. And she's talking about how you're gonna mangle or you're gonna you're gonna beat her so bad she's gonna be she's gonna look really bad. You're gonna you're gonna twist her around so much her back is on her or Shana Shana comes around and says, I'm gonna twist her so much her back is her front and her front is her back. And Naya goes, She's gonna have boobs on her back. Got it. And that was it. That was then they went out and had the match and scene. And not only is it that bad that they did that, that she mentioned that they went back later and re-showed the segment and a recap with the line intact. That line was meant to be heard. That was, that's a Vince thing. Don't get it twisted. That is absolutely 100% a Vince McMahon scripted line that he thought was funny as shit. And he made sure that that was in there twice. And it was bad. People didn't laugh at it enough the first time. And no, it is God awful. Cringy. (laughs) Yeah. Boobs on her back. It's like, what and, are you fucking eight years old, Vince? I mean, you're you're asking about Vince. Is that is that a literal question? No, because that the answer there might surprise you. No, um, yeah, they and they finished that match with uh, Shayna losing and uh, Lana Hurricane running Naya, which was something. So this I, is gonna, uh, this whole thing, yeah. I saw a, a Shayna Baszler tweet, and for some I think reason, I may have seen the same one. For some reason, my phone gives me random like, "Hey, here are tweets that you might be interested." You, you may have this, this, yeah. And and this I'm was one of the them. One. I click on it, and it's just her her saying, "Yeah," and I still get more. T- or I still yep. bring in yep. more tail <laughs> than you, and I was like, "What's going on?" And then I read this some, guy's comment yeah. who said something to the effect of it's like her face got ran over by a truck and then put through a fire and has been yeah, like severely scarred. Like really, really terrible joke about her looks. And then she's like, and I still bring in more tail than you. It's like, God yeah. dang. Yeah. Put him in an I, ice I, box with fucking Kevin Hart because he needs the, to the, get The chilled. first thing I thought of, and I wanted to, I almost like added a, a, GI, a GIW tweet to it was, uh, yeah. Spoken like a man who thinks he's God's gift to his cousin. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you you really sick burn. Yeah, well, Buckles is like, I will restrain because I'm trying to keep people to like this show, not hate us. Because I talk mad shit. <laughs> talk shit, get shit said to you. Sorry. <laughs> Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. No, that is absolutely. my autobiography. You're absolutely right. Well, as far as WWE is concerned, I don't think we have a lot more to discuss there, but there's no. a lot to um, discuss with NXT because well, we just had a takeover. Well, I will say one, last, one final thing about WWE. They did have a funny, like a kind of a clever thing to end Raw. They had a match between Funhouse, Bray, and Orton, which isn't a bad feud, but they had the, the, the match between the two of them. And they finally did something with the fact that the Thunderdome is 
can be edited, can be pre-taped. Ooh, because really? they had Orton RKO Funhouse Bray, and when he came, when the lights went down, they came to. He was laying on top of Fiend. They got choked out. So I mean, obviously, complete cutaway because it's a change of costume. Yeah, total change. There's of costume. no way for for Bray to do that live. None. But cool moment, really cool moment. Um, yeah, really, that was it for WWE for the most part. Um, I do want to say credit to. Uh, Congratulations to Seth and Becky for their firstborn. Oh, they had baby the, born. the baby birth. Uh, I don't remember the middle name. First name is Rue, R-O-U-X. So apparently born to be a chef. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of does it for WWE. But you're right. We had TakeOver. I know you're, you're... Nate's excited to talk about TakeOver because Nate watched TakeOver. Look, I had a little bit of time and today, I and I was like, this is hilarious, of course. That's that's the best thing is Nate watched it, and I didn't get to. <laughs> well, I just kept hearing you going, what? There's a takeover, and you didn't watch it? That's, like, yeah. the best thing no, about no, NXT. No, no, no. Like, I heard no, you I lecturing me about it in my head, so I was like, okay, I'm just going <laughs> to. I'm just going to go out of my way and watch it. And the weird thing is, in my head, I was like, oh, this will like an hour takeover, whatever. It was a three-hour full-blown show. Well, you got to think. There's two War Games matches in TakeOver War Games, and each one of those is going to last at least 40, 45 minutes. Both of them. Totally. Because, I mean, it takes half an hour just to get to the match beyond. Just by virtue of, their, by virtue of the way the matches are set up. Um I do want to point out, you and I were both dead wrong on something. When we talked about the, the lead into the show, we talked about the women's uh, advantage match leading into the war games match. And we thought, oh, there's no way that that uh, Shotzi's going to win. The, he, the faces never get the advantage in a, in a war games match. Until they did. Not once, but twice. No, just the once. Just the once. Because Pete Dunn won the second one. Oh, okay. I guess I misunderstood no, that. Yeah, Dunn won the second one. Dunn won the second one. But... Um, I, you know, just let's talk about the, the match as individual. The war game, the women's war games match, I did get to see the entirety of. Um, they had the unique structure of having the, the face team have the advantage, and they didn't really do much to capitalize on it. It was weird. Well, they um, had the whole thing with um, uh, Tony Storm, keeping, I think it was. Keeping Keep, EO out of the ring. Keeping her out of the actual structure, and right. then kind of building on that which i thought was interesting there were some cool spots and stuff and there were some tough spots man eo took that that finish the power bomb off the middle eo taking the double stomp through the trash can from dakota kai and they had to fucking wedge the trash can open to get her out of it yeah that's a that's a that's a rough bump um no the the idea of the advantage is you have heel in the face to start the match the advantage is whose team gets the third person first and normally it's the heels because you have the two heels beat up the baby face that's what happened in the men's match they had it reversed for a two-on-one so it was uh ember moon and, and Rhea. yeah moon, no Rhea wasn't real was, was Rhea second yeah Rhea was second so Rhea and and ember versus dakota kai which is an odd thing puts it kind of puts Dakota in the underdog role. What, and just me personally, what I would have done is have Raquel Gonzalez who they're trying to show as the, the next big challenger. That's why they had her pin EO, but 
have her be the first person to start and let her fight off two on one and establish how much of a badass she is. That's that's your best way of doing it. But they didn't go that route. It was just kind of odd. Um, yeah. I did think it was kind of clever the way they kept EO out of the ring. I love – here's my I, pop quiz for you. Pop quiz. Sure. EO came off of the, uh, the top of the structure with trash can. What was that in homage to? I don't actually know what it was an homage to, but it was a dope moment. It's great Sasuke. Oh. Great Sasuke used to jump off of ladders in a barrel. Like he would bring a barrel, put up the barrel or a trash can, either one on himself, and then jump off of whatever. So that's her great Sasuke moment. I love it. Um, yeah, cool match. Fun finish. The War Games matches are really not fun. Um, they followed that, and that's where I, I kind of trailed off. I missed the entirety of the Thatcher uh Thatcher Champa match. Uh again, I, I've it's like the third time I've referenced on the show. I missed most of Takeover because immediately after the women's war games match ended, I realized that my dog was limping around, noticed that her toe was askew after taking a tumble earlier. So for the duration of the rest of Takeover, I had to take my dog to the emergency room. <laughs> so I watched some of Takeover on my phone while sitting outside waiting on her to get out of the emergency room, but it was intercut with me having to answer the phone and talk to people. So I, I missed bits and pieces. Totally. So missed the entirety of the Thatcher match, which unfortunately was the one match I really wanted to see. I won't spoil um, it, but I think you'll definitely enjoy that match. I, it's been spoiled. I know what happened. Well, so it, you're, it, you're fine. It was just a great it. hard-hitting match. It was exactly what you want those two to have. And oh, You're telling me Tim Thatcher works stiff? The dude's made of concrete. Of course he did. <laughs> I love Thatcher for it. Um, Champa can work stiff as well, so that's no shock to me. Like I said, that's the match I wanted to see for that exact reason. So I'm good on it. Yeah, no, it was it was a, it was a great match for sure. Uh, I really enjoyed watching it. There are several heavy hitting, very very powerful moments that you, like you said, you would expect out of a match between those two. The match that I honestly was most popped for, like the the like, uh, granted the War Games matches were both great. the The North American title match was fantastic. Yeah, Ruff can go. He can flat out go. It just he's got that little guy syndrome because he looks like he's tiny compared to everybody else. You don't really believe it, but the dude can flat out go. Um, he's done. He did a lot of shit in Evolve. It's really fun to watch. He's a former Evolve tag champ, if I'm not mistaken. Nice. Um, Gargano is a known commodity. Like we we know the quality of matches that that man can have, especially when it's takeover and the lights are bright. So no shock there. I'm impressed by how much I like Damian Priest. That's actually I what I was, was getting to is that he was uh, he was kind of the dark horse that surprised me. I was finding myself going, man, this guy is really great. He works really well. Have you gotten to go back and watch his match with uh, Balor? I think from Takeover Thirty, I think it was. I don't think I've seen it. Go no. back, go back and check that out. That's a that's a that's his Star Maker match. That's what put him on the on the map to getting the North American title shot that he had or the title he had. That's worth a you know I think it's like a ten minute match. Well worth checking out. Priest shows out. Nice. Uh, one of Balor's better matches in recent memory too. Um. I did see. I saw bits and pieces of it. Uh, like I said, I'm. I'm. I was pumped for that. I'm glad to see it pop to you. I'm. I'm happy to see you getting to watch anything and seeing some new faces. Honestly. Yeah, it was. It was fun. And then, 
So that was that match was interesting, and you had Johnny Gargano getting the title, which was surprising. Actually, I didn't really mm-hmm. know what to expect, but I guess I didn't expect him to win the title. You know, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I'm a little. I, I'm starting to say I was a little shocked by it, but then the angle that came out of it made me a little bit less shocked. Like the fact that they're kind of establishing a small, uh, a small uh, uh, faction around him makes a little more sense to have it on him. Um, I like that they're keeping him relevant, keeping him in a title hunt without keeping him in the main event after we got so many Gargano main events. So that's good as well. Who's the guy that helped Gargano, by the way? I didn't I didn't know who that was. It was Austin Theory. Oh, Austin Theory. okay. So that's why he said it was me, Austin. It was me, Austin. Okay. It was me, oh, yeah, that's a – Yeah. You know, for the fact that he was a creepy – creep. He was a, he was a you know – speaking out creeper that line kind of redeems him just a t- just a tad bit if you could actually say it was me austin it was me all along as a wrestling fan damn it you got me a little bit there. yeah you're like okay okay okay, that, okay. Now, he, he's a he's a hell of a wrestler but he also notably quit nxt a few weeks back like after he went had a losing streak and then lost a couple times in one night i think it was he just fuck it i quit so when they started showing ghost faces in the audience helping out Gargano, there was kind of a, a rumor that it was probably, if it was going to be anybody, the two rumored ones were Austin Theory and, and uh, uh, Velveteen Dream. But I think they're still trying to keep Dream as far away from anything as they can. I think the uh, the match with Kushida and the fact that uh, everybody was cheering, the fact that he got his ass kicked by Kushida, like, brutally. <laughs> Well, I mean, um, I heard that I, mean, I heard Velveteen Dream tried to get with the the PG fourteen rating on on NXT, you know. I uh, sorry, that was bad. I'm just, I, I, just, I have no words there. <laughs> you 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 you've broken me there. Um, no, I just don't think I don't think. Yeah. Um. Like I said, they're they're kind of building a small faction with, but um, with Indy Hartwell on Candice Theory on his side, so the Gargano way faction could be forthcoming. Um, and good good for it. Theory needed to read anyway. Um, then the men's war games match was very good. Uh, very, very good. And again, Pat McAfee deserves all kinds of awards right now for wrestling better than anybody expected, taking bumps that nobody expected. Dude did a swanton off the cage. No one called that. Could have totally broke his legs too because his legs yes. hit first. Oh, yeah, yeah. But if you've watched any of NXT in the last couple of weeks, dude's a killer promo. Killer promo. And does something that is very, very, very rare these days. And that he is a heel that puts over the face in promos while still getting the point across. He makes the face sound like a million bucks while still running them down. That's a rare thing. And it shows that he actually understands what he's doing because his promos aren't scripted either. You can tell because nobody talks like him. (laughs) So good on Pat McAfee for being exactly what NXT needs and being 
the arguably one of the best celebrity wrestling crossovers in solid decade. So good for you on that, man. By the way, side note, do we have a little shout out and love to Red Dragon, uh, the tag team with the attire choice for um, the Undisputed Era, the red and white? Maybe. I, I don't know if I'd go that far considering they've worn other colors before. I just never, I've never before. seen him in that stark of a red, though. It was just like... And, I've and never that's, seen him in red. And that's... I've never seen him in red. Kyle and uh, Bobby's colors, man, so... Well, here's the thing also. Uh, we've never seen him in red. However, we've also never seen them prior to tonight working as a babyface team. That's true as well. So it's a shuffle up just a little bit. So, I mean, you're, you're not going to have a bad match with the people involved. Undisputed Era is, again, a proven quantity. You know exactly what you've got with them, and they're all fucking great. Pete Dunne is fantastic. Uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch are all fantastic. Kyle O'Reilly getting the pin, no less. That, that finish was awesome. That sequence of several little mm-hmm. moves that set up the finish. Was that Dude, Oni that McAfee took pick, the... McAfee kicking out of the sunrise. Yeah, the Panama Sunrise. That was crazy. I was like, what? And um, and AC sold it with his look so much. Just like, how did he kick out of that? Should not happen. Um, but yeah, I, I love seeing Kyle O'Reilly getting a little bit of the rub for the for the win. Uh, especially coming after the fact that he, he and Dunn were in that match for over half an hour. Oh, yeah. And... God damn it, Cole and Dunn have great... I want to see more matches with Cole and Dunn, specifically. Because those two have great chemistry. Totally. We saw that at Survivor Series last year. Last year at Survivor Series, uh, they did a, a bitter end into a sunrise, into a destroyer. Last night, or Sunday night, they did a uh, bitter end into a DDT that was beautiful. Awesome move. They work so well together. Mm-hmm. Um... Another quick note about NXT. Uh, did you see they announced another signing class? I did not see that. Both the Rascals. We've talked about it before, about the prospect of them doing Both Rascals, uh, short uh, Trey Miguel, signed. Uh, Alex Zane, signed. Interesting. Guy I mentioned, guy I mentioned before. Uh, I got to say, it's getting a little difficult to do the someone to watch when everybody freaking signs everybody. I would claim that somebody they need to watch. You're like, I'm trying to show people people that no one's hey, ever heard of. And if you guys ben keep Carter, making them. Ben Carter goes to AEW. Eh, crap. Um, Actually, okay, he I ended up in WWE, if you can believe uh, it. He went to AEW, then goes to WWE. Shocking. Um, yeah. Or let's see. Hmm, maybe I'll do. Uh, uh, um, maybe I'll do Josh Briggs. I'll do Josh Briggs. That's a good name. No, he signed now, too. Well, maybe the Rascals. People have heard, probably heard too much of the Rascals. I know. I'll do. I'll do. Uh, Alex Zane. Nope. Signed. Ha, shit. <laughs> I've got somebody coming. I've got somebody in mind for next week. Don't worry. Oh yeah, we're got gonna do something. We're, we're, next week. we're gonna try to do something special with the episodes we continue on. People who watched on today's episode, we did try to get through that lag. We had a little back and forth <laughs> lag action. I think we got it. I think uh, we got it. But we also had the ability to kind of flash up some visualistics and give people more. Uh, things to look at while they're ingesting our podcast and stuff. And we're going to kind of try to keep that going week to week here with some cool ideas I've got. But uh, I really enjoyed TakeOver, man. I just want to say it again. 
again, you rarely have bad takeovers for one. Um, I do think having two two war games matches is a tiny bit overkill. Just because, I mean, like I said, that's that's an hour and a half of your show right there. Even even separating the two of them out, it, it's just it's kind of a slog. So I mean, I get why they do it. It's cool to have the women's one too, but maybe back it to just one just to keep it fresh. I don't know. I mean, it's still again one bad. It just makes it kind of drag a bit. Also, we were definitely wrong that they couldn't do war games in the Capitol Wrestling Center. Right, it's very true. They actually pulled say, it off. The more I see the Capitol Wrestling Center, the more I like it because it still gives me that underground vibe. Yeah. It's more underground and, and than raw underground. I keep saying it reminds me of the freaking underground Pokemon fighting ring from Detective Pikachu. That's the one thing I keep reminding myself of. And then seeing the giant cage in the ring really set that off even more. Oh, it looked yeah. like Wolverine was going to fight somebody in front of Rogue and then a random Canada thing for x Oh, yeah. Nice reference. Hell, yeah. There you go. Um I did want, there was another topic I wanted to hit on since we've kind of covered all the bases as far as uh, promotions for the week. And some, I, I was driving around today, uh, driving back and forth to my events and stuff. And I've got some time to chill and think, and I'm, you know, thinking about topics for this week and something that kind of hit me as far as, I just want to get your take on it. There seems to be a, a bit of, in, and, and this is, this is true on NXT. It's true on WWE more so, but still is kind of true on AEW to an extent. What happened to all the actual gimmicks? Like not, not kayfabe, not kayfabe, but gimmicks. Okay. Like, uh, like characters that are characters that are actual tr- characters, true like, into have something it. to define them. And the, the best example I can give you, well, I, I shouldn't say best, but, one of the more the, the match that made me think of it was actually the women's war games match because no one short, I think Candice LeRae, maybe you could argue Rhea Ripley. Sure. What are the gimmicks in there? What's Dakota Kai's gimmick? You've got Ember Mad Max Moon. Well, she's okay. Ember is a, a repeat offender because she never had it. She had, she was the, werewolf vampire gamer that didn't do anything involving werewolves or vampires or gaming in her last run. Uh. Now she's got a Mad Max thing costume, but no explanation of any of it. She had that weird return vignette where she was like broke into the performance center and took the belt or something, but nothing came of it. There's no character reference there. It's just a costume. You look at Tony Storm. Tony Storm from the best women's wrestlers on the planet. What's her gimmick? Where's the Undertakers, man? Where are wrestlers who are more than where's just the, a costume? Where's the Mankinds? Where's the Where's the Brutus the Barber Beacon? Where's the Where's the Rick Roots? Where are Where's the DX? I think the where's only the person Rock? that has that. I think the only person that has a, a solid modern gimmick is OC, and that even still is like a very loose, fringy gimmick of just a lazy guy. I, I, I'd say he's one of the better ones right now. One of the one of the few that actually embraces a gimmick to begin with. Bring but, in Gentleman Jervis for Christ's sakes. Let's get that guy popping off. Now, like if you look at WWE, part of it is the the idea of a gimmick has become less, you know, sweeping and defining character and more something vague, more something broad. Like think of even look at the main roster. 
most of your wrestlers are jerks who can wrestle or not jerks who can wrestle. AJ Styles, his character is he's a very good wrestler. Orton's character, he's a jerk. He's not a legend killer. There's no legends for him to kill. He's not hearing voices anymore. He's just a jerk. Roman Reigns has a, has a gimmick. Yes, very much so. But Corbin maybe has a gimmick. Ziggler is a good wrestler. Daniel Bryan's a good wrestler. Kevin Owens is a good wrestler that sometimes stabs people in the back. They've dropped the family man thing from him completely. Ugh. Daniel Bryan's dropped the 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 eco warrior thing. That was a gimmick, but no, we got rid of that. Um, even look at the New Day. They don't have a gimmick. They're just happy guys. They're just guys. Absolutely right. Now their 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 personalities turned up to eleven, but they're not a there's not really a character. Um, Gargano has a sort of character. Champa, kind of. Finn Balor doesn't have a character. They call him the Prince, but he has no defining personality whatsoever. Matt Riddle is every stoner you've ever met, but at least he has a little bit of a character. I'm not saying you got to give me the dead man and, and Undertaker and Kane, and, and I don't need Doink running around. I don't need that. I don't need, you know, I don't need the, uh, I don't need Isaac Yankum. Ooh, DDS, uh, Isaac Yankum. Yeah. Yeah. I, Britt Baker. That's a gimmick. The role model. Britt Baker's role model gimmick is miles above Bailey's. What's Sasha Banks' gimmick, by the way? She's the boss. That's a nickname. That's not a gimmick. She's a good wrestler with a nickname. Io Shirai, great wrestler with a nickname. Asuka's gimmick is that she's Asian. <laughs> Just like Andrade's gimmick is that he's Mexican. It's, it's, I don't get it. And it's. Do you think that it's because wrestling is trying to not seem so hokey and they're trying to keep up with the times and they're afraid <laughs> if you bring out, say, the gobbledygooker to win more than the 24 7 title and actually carry out that, you know, gimmick that people are going to think it's dorky and not not have any basis of reality and when you strip it down and it's just like hey here's joe anoya and he's going up against you know kevin steen that right. it, it, you know like, now now what's really going on is just two guys ideologically speaking battling it out i think part of it's the fact that kayfabe's in in, in modern wrestling kayfabe is not well and truly dead for the most part like we know the curtain the curtains pulled back on wrestling the cat's out of the bag. The zeitgeist has been released. You can't put it back in the bag. Pandora can't K-Fabe's go back dead. in its box, man. Yeah. yeah. Kayfabe's dead. Because, I mean, social media will flat out kill Kayfabe in general. Unless you're something like a Lucha Underground or a, a Chikara or something that embraces Kayfabe from the word go. Even then you still know it. But there's a difference between Kayfabe and gimmick. And I don't think that WWE... WWE definitely doesn't make a difference between the two. They think, well, kayfabe's dead, so we can't have a gimmick. We can't say that, you know, we can't have somebody like an Undertaker anymore. Well, maybe they can. The Fiend still works. But he's a gimmick. That's maybe one of the only other gimmicks. He's a very much a gimmick. But let me ask you this. Put the Fiend back in, let's say, 95, 96, pre-Attitude Era. 
with the Bret Hart's, with the gobbledygookers, the Undertakers, the Macho Mans, the the Hogan's, the you know Bret Hart, Yokozuna's, Razor Ramones, yeah, Diesel's. Yeah. Does the Fiend stand out as much? He's just one of the gimmicks. That's it. Like I think maybe he would stand out because it's still a damn clever gimmick. Don't get me wrong. It's a very well done, a well thought out, well written gimmick. But maybe it stands out more now because there aren't as any. Maybe Rain stands out because he's actually playing a character as opposed to just Rain's the guy. Now, don't get me wrong. Again, it's a fantastic gimmick to be sure, and he's playing it very well. But maybe it stands out more because there aren't as many. It's a great way to look you know, at maybe it. Karrion, maybe Karrion Cross stands out in NXT, not just because he's presented as standing out, but because he's one of the few that does have a gimmick. Even though it's, even that's a pastiche. It's a bunch of apocalyptic imagery and a great entrance, but not much in the way of motivation. Or A good idea when you ask somebody what their character is or what, what their gimmick is, if they can cut a promo and you don't know what their character is, then they don't have a gimmick. If your promo is that I'm Aaron, I'm an arrogant jerk or I'm an arrogant champion, that's your gimmick. And that's everybody from Drew McIntyre to Sasha Banks to everybody. That's Charlotte. You know, it's it's maybe I'm reading too much into it. And again, I know we we're talking more WWE, but it's still as prevalent in AEW where Kenny, Kenny, the cleaner is a gimmick. He's not quite there yet. Amber, you know, somebody like Moxley doesn't have a gimmick necessarily. He's just Moxley. He's a cage fighter, essentially. Although we um, haven't seen him in a time, Brody is a gimmick. That's true. Being the exalted the one, is, having the, the dark. I will say that 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 definitely, definitely, AEW is miles ahead of WWE. But that doesn't mean they're. I wouldn't say they're perfect by a stretch either. They do have a lot more in the terms of having the dark order of having. OC in terms of having even best friends to an extent. Um, there are things that can't, there are a little more gimmick leaning in that. I think that speaks to the roots that they are more of an indie fed. They're a super indie fed because indies embrace kayfabe a little more. Indies, indies embrace gimmicks because I mean, for lack of a better term, that's what gets you over. I can't tell you that many people in AEW or WWE that have gimmicks. I can tell you a bunch in the Indies. Levi Everett, the Amish guy, fucking um, Effie, Warhorse, Danhausen, Warhorse. We both said before that neither Warhorse or Danhausen would work in WWE. Neither of them would. Neither of them would work well at all. Not a chance. No, and that's because they wouldn't be presented seriously. Why wouldn't they be presented seriously? They have gimmicks that would not be honored. <laughs> AW could work. I think so. We're still waiting. There's there's X amount of days left in this month. Dan Housen could still be signed to Ring of Honor. Could happen. Keep the dream alive. <laughs> but the Housen yeah, watch is, continues. Well, we've talked about it before. They've could, they've offered him a contract. They say he's signed assuming he has to get one win on, on Ring of Honor television before the end of the year. Hmm. So, keep the flame alive, by God. Interesting. But, 
Yeah, that's something I wanted to bring up. Just get your thoughts on. So that was it was kind of puzzling to me earlier. Well, I think that uh, yeah, man, I think that we are in an interesting time where there are way less gimmicks. I think there are way more just motivated wrestlers trying to show they're the greatest spot fest monkey or whatever it is, and and you know there aren't necessarily things wrong with that, but there can be a beautiful balance, and I think if we can start to find these characters who are both captivating as entertainers and phenomenal as performers, mm-hmm. that we are going to be truly in the golden age of wrestling again, and we are on the cusp of that, I do believe. I think WWE is capable of that if they let people play characters. If they actually uh, allow people to be organic characters, that could be something they very easily could do. But I far be it for me to say the WWE will stop scripting things. Yeah, that's that doesn't look like it's something that's going to be in their wheelhouse. But uh, Buckles, are are we uh, are we ready to wrap this bad boy up? I think so. I think that just about hits on everything for the last couple of last week or so. Um, I do want to plug a little bit. You mentioned episode 100 coming up. We've also got uh, here. I don't know if it'll be next week or week following. We may do a special episode. I don't know. We will have our awards show for this year at some point. I yeah. got to put all this together. I'm, uh, I'm holding off on a top 10 for this month just because we're already going to have a list heavy episode at some point. Oh, yeah. We're going to uh, be doing that rundown of all our favorites. Mm-hmm. We got to go back and re-experience 2020. Oh, God, help me know. <laughs> I gotta say it's gonna be it's gonna be harder for me to come up with a match of the year this year because there aren't as many contenders to me. Well, and it's hard to call a match of the year when you don't have crowd participation. We're just gonna say it again. Well, you're gonna say that, but I would also say just because there aren't that many contenders because there haven't been they shut down indie wrestling for about what five months, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and that leave that cuts out a lot of opportunity for a lot of people to show how good they can be. It's true. And when the only game in town is WWE, that kind of hurts things. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I'll go out on a limb and say if I'm putting together a top five for this year, not just a number one match, but a top five, there's a good chance that at least one of those is gonna be a cinematic match. And I never would have said that a year ago. Yeah. So. That, that gives you a little insight into my brain waves. Oh yeah, we got to pick a top tag team, and I there's only what what three in WWE anymore. <laughs> yeah, but so, there yeah, are better tag be... teams elsewhere, and we're going to talk. About I know, them, I know, so. I know. I'm just just one. I I can't let that go without throwing a dig in there. So, oh yeah, man. Well, all right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and do our damnedest to get out of here. As always, want to thank folks for checking us out wherever you're checking us out, whether you're listening to the podcast on Apple Music, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, CastBox, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and many others. You're searching Journey into Comics Network, getting that one feed of amazing shows, a lot of different stuff coming your way, coming into 2021. we got some big plans in store. Buckle said it best as we are trekking to episode 100. We are going to also be launching the YouTube for Journey into Wrestling here very soon, so we're going to have... That to be excited about. As always, thank you folks here checking us out on Facebook land, looking at the official vision of the show, how I envisioned it initially when we tried to say we were going to go live and talked about this like four months ago. But we're finally here, we're finally doing it, and we're making it work our very best. But I think that's going to do it this week, Buckles. Was there anything else before we get out of here? I'm sitting here thinking, man, I hope you got a good episode title because I don't have one of my brain meets going right now. I think I do. 
but I'm, I'm I'm all ears for it. We'll see. All right, folks. Well, I just want to thank everybody for checking out season five, episode nine of Journey into Wrestling. This has been Journey into Wrestling, season five, episode nine. As I said, the title more than just a costume. I've been Nate. This is no gimmick. I am still buckles. Ah, and as always, we will see you fine folks later. Goodbye. Bang. And good night. Later, guys. <laughs>